Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Marvelous Movie Mondays, our special video review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I've been having to practice that title because <laughs> in the past I've said and, and now I've been saying in because that is the title. Either way. Um, I'm sporting my Loki jacket that I wore to the Doctor Strange 2 uh, opening night with Kelsey here. Uh, what we're going to kind of do is we're going to talk about our thoughts just more generally, and then we will dive into spoilers at the end. So do not fret if you have not seen the movie and just want to hear our thoughts. We will talk about them. And then when it's time to give spoilers, there will be a spoiler banner at the bottom. Um, for those listening on audio, um, we'll let you know exactly when we're going to dive into spoilers so you can mute or pause or do all that jazz. Um, Kelsey, first of all, how are you? And uh, <laughs> let's transition into this review. H- how are you doing? I'm doing good, Dill. How are you? I'm doing well. It was a busy week. You know, we got the Moon Knight finale, yeah. which we will be talking about next week. We got the Doctor yeah. Strange 2 movie. Um, we got a Thor trailer a few weeks ago. We, you know, everything's just piling. It's like Marvel month. Yeah. It's Marvel month. Um, but it really kind of goes all year. It's Marvel year, but it's also mm-hmm. been like 10 or so more years. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I just feel like we're in just a never ending cycle, which is great, but also exhausting sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, just going into this movie you know like uh, our thoughts you know we were excited but obviously i was kind of feeling a little bit of multiverse fatigue so uh we'll mm-hmm. get into my thoughts just on like whether or not this lived up to the hype or whether or not this exceeded my hype um maybe because i was a little you know weary about it going in um yeah totally but yeah t- tell us give us a little i don't know if you have made a little synopsis for this uh, just to give everyone an idea of what this might be about without necessarily going into spoilers it's a little hard to explain the plot yeah because the trailers did hide a lot which i which i do appreciate yeah, in terms of just the general plot i don't know dill i didn't really map out a summary just because like you said i wasn't sure how to go about it without like yeah spoiling well, too much i could try um okay so an evil presence is trying to come after america chavez because she holds a special key to unlocking layers of the multiverse. And Doctor Strange must protect America while also facing his inner turmoils of events that have happened in previous MCU films. How was that? Is that okay? Pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty good on the fly. Um, that is what I do on the fly. <laughs> that was the best thing, a way to describe it without giving anything away. Um, but yeah. uh, obviously directed by Sam Raimi, who we know as the director of the Spider-Man trilogy, Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, also just... The, horror classics evil dead evil dead 2 army of darkness drag me to hell uh last film he directed was oz the great and powerful all the way back in 2013 so it has been a while um oh, wow but he's That's back awesome. um he he's back and he did watch a few of the mcu films in prep uh there were some things he didn't watch uh, notably in the news which we'll talk about a little later maybe it's spoiler territory i don't know um but uh yeah same Raimi returning to uh, direct a marvel film this time in the mcu Obviously, stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, all the people we're excited to see back to We Tell Edgy for uh, with a few new faces. Um, so, Kels, give me maybe some thoughts. Maybe we can start talking about certain aspects of it because I, it's really hard to know where to start with this film because there, I feel yeah. like there's a lot of different things to talk about with this. Yeah, Dill. People have been asking me all weekend what I thought about this film. And I keep telling people that it was that it was good and that I liked it. But I can't tell if I'm just con- trying to convince myself of those two things. Mm-hmm. Because so yeah. much happened, especially this week between this and the Moon Knight finale. I feel like I'm processing so much Marvel-wise. But mm-hmm. so much went down in this movie. And, like, this movie starts and we just take off running. Okay? Yeah. I walked out of the theater feeling like this was part two to a movie I hadn't seen 
yet. Right. Well, you the first I mean? thing you said to me after we left the theater, uh, she, we were because when we leave the theater, we do not talk about these because we want to make our first mm-hmm. time discussing our opinions here. So we always say things that are very vague, like the trailers were great, which in this case, Avatar mm-hmm. 2, very excited to see it. Um, but like, yeah, the, the trailers were great. Or we'll say like, well, those were some good snacks or like that was a movie. <laughs> And, and, yeah. and Kelsey, Kelsey and I said, like, that was a movie. And Kelsey goes, there was a beginning, middle, and end. And I said, was there? Because. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing. Like you said, it just kind of thrusts you into it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially with an ongoing franchise to be thrust into something. But I think the problem is they thrust us into something that was meant to introduce a very key component of the film, both a character and a item that was very essential to the plot. And I believe that just throwing us in there like that for any other movie like an Endgame or an infinity war where we kind of know where we last left off here it's tough because yeah we last left off with dr strange and spider-man no way home but that wasn't really his story and the last time we saw him in his own movie so much has passed since then so it's like we kind of have to reacquaint ourselves to like dr strange's own arc but then also being like who's this person and then what is this thing Mm -hmm. and what does this mean like what is going on um and, and i think that's an interesting way to open a film but maybe when a film is taking on so much stuff, maybe it's not mm-hmm. the best. Uh, and I think that's one of those things where, you, you know, it, it really, this movie, it's hard to understand how to judge it all at, as one, because I feel like you have to talk about every aspect singular, singularly on their own, you know, like mm-hmm. how was the directing? How was the visuals? How was the acting? How was the story? I think all those exist separately. Whereas yeah. sometimes it's easy to say, all of it was good or all of it was bad here. I think it's different because I think certain aspects are completely nailed, but then some are big misfires. And I think it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to talk about each one. Um, was there anything in particular? I, th- I think we should probably start with a positive. What did stand out positively to you about this? Okay. Cause I yes. think we're both now on the same page that we are mixed on it. Um, yes. I- I'm a little bit more Very skewed. conflicted. I'm a little bit more skewed negative, but I think you're more like it was good. And I was like, it was bad. Um, but mm. we're both kind of in the middle. Um, so, so, so convince- Dil, when people have been asking you this weekend, like just random, like my family's yeah. asking me, people from work mm-hmm. were asking me, like, what have you been telling people that it was bad? I've been telling people I wasn't a fan, but, and my butt is a very, very strong butt. Um, okay. and, and, and <laughs> uh, because I think Sam Raimi is the reason to buy the ticket. I think he okay. is one of the most interesting directors working. And I was really worried that. Because we've heard time and time again, you know, directors have said they've had a bad experience directing in the MCU because they feel like they can't have their vision seen to the end. That there's always a producer saying, well, we got to add this. We got to add this. We got to add this. And there is some of that in this. It is very clear at times when they're trying to expand the universe because you have callbacks to other movies and other shows. And you have setting up other stuff for other things. You have cameos, all that stuff. That's the Marvel thing. But Sam Raimi, I think they gave him enough freedom to kind of go at it with the visuals and and the horror and the gore i mean this isn't a spoiler because it was in a lot of these trailers this giant monster with this big eye um and Mm. you know inevitably this monster dies and the way it's killed its eyeball is plucked out of it and because it's so massive this eyeball just this hulking eyeball just falls on the street that kind of stuff is the stuff i love to see because i think nowadays the mcu it's getting a little bit too much of the same it's in terms of aesthetics um the stories may vary some might be more serious more funny more um whatever action-packed whatever but i think stylistically it's all kind of you can kind of put 
a picture of one movie next to a picture of the other. And sometimes it might be hard to tell which is from which movie. Whereas here, a lot of it had same Sam Raimi written all over it. I mean, there's a great scene where they're fighting with musical scores and they use mm. the music notes to throw at one another. Like that is so campy, but that's the kind of camp that Sam Raimi does so well. It's the kind of sure. stuff that made the Green Goblin, you know, singing Itsy Bitsy Spider as he's blowing up Spider-Man in the first Spider-Man or even in the second one, Doc Ock and his tentacles. It's all over the top. It's big. But he understands that it's a superhero movie and he can go over the top. He can go big. And I like yeah. how he leaned into the horror and the visuals. There's this really great sequence also that's kind of from the trailer where, you know, you see Doctor Strange's face is kind of like turning into cubes. There's this whole ongoing transition sequence where like they go from like aesthetic to aesthetic to aesthetic to aesthetic. They're kind of like these characters are kind of like circling through space and the environments are changing around. There's an animated one and there's one where they're block figures and there's one where they're in space and in this place and this place. Like that kind of stuff I really love because it is in the title. Multiverse multiverse of madness. And I think the madness part of it stylistically, I think Sam Raimi was the perfect fit for And I think he really brought his own voice to it. So I think the visuals and the directorial style itself was great. But then there's also that other half of, but it needs to actually have a good story. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where I get a little hung up. But but please tell, talk about the visuals on your end. Did you feel as drawn to the visuals and the horror? Because there were a lot of gross out moments too. Where yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh. It, it was hard. And a lot of fans have been saying it should have been rated R. And I'm like, I don't know if it, it should have been rated R. Like, yeah. I don't think it was that, that extreme. But yeah, a lot of the gore and a lot of like the, <laughs> spoiler alert, deaths where like a lot of it was in, was hinted at you know it was very like inferred up for interpretation like there were some things that were right in your face like oh that just happened great mm-hmm. i have to live with now seeing that for the rest of my life but to have it be a rated r uh, have a, uh, a a rating of r i don't think that's rather necessary i agree <laughs> with you jill i think that it was you know it's very much a sam raimi film like there's no mistaking it you know <laughs> Um, I I loved how there was a campiness to it, and I loved that it, there was a whole there were all the horror elements to it. I honestly wish that they leaned more into the horror because I yeah. love a good horror movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. especially like they were getting me with some of those jump scares. They really were. Yeah. Like I yeah. definitely jumped up a bunch of my seat the, while watching the villain. The villain of this movie, and I don't want to spoil who or what they may be because that is kind of a spoiler the trailer did a good job hiding it there are a few mm. moments where that character pops out of nowhere and will like <laughs> snap yeah. a neck or like or burst out of something like i really enjoy that like almost like yeah. there's a monster hidden in the shadows like a monster movie but sometimes it's in broad light it's there's this one scene where one character to say as vague as possible is in this like almost voldemort like or Dumbledore like white background where it's just mm. whiteness all around mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. just someone pops up behind and snaps their neck and I'm like wow yeah. like, it, it really went there and and I like that but I do agree it could have gone even further and I'm wondering if it was given it like a, a thumbs up R rating like maybe it would have been like Deadpool without the comedy and like like mm. really gone gone grittier with it um I don't know if it needed yeah. it but I, I do think it would have been interesting to see what how much further it would have gone with that budget, you know, yeah. or with that rating. Here's my issue, Jill. <laughs> I, it was camp sometimes, and it was horror sometimes. And I just don't think that the two, like, genres really meshed well together. Hmm. I think okay. that it could have been more clear, like, tonally, and, like, picking a clear direction for this film would have, like, helped it out mm-hmm. so much because there was so much going on is that 
if you know like if it was just a straight horror film or like a straight it, it can even be a campy horror film yeah because that's Sam Raimi's uh yeah. thing it's like camp horror yeah right and I just yeah. don't think that it was balancing well or maybe like the camp horror was working well together but what wasn't working well is trying to mesh mm-hmm. it with the superhero aspect yeah. of it all like yeah. I, I just I think, think I know that what you're saying. I, I like, think the MCU humor too is is also getting in the way because because honestly I think it's not like jokes but there's scenes where like characters will just their inside their heads will explode and like <laughs> it's not funny but you kind of laugh at it that to me is yeah. like camp camp horror where it's like funny horror sure. but then you add the MCU quips and I think the MCU quips might be what you're talking about where it's like trying a little too hard to have some of that MCU comedy when I think enough of the comedy kind of stands on its own like it's almost like we can make it ridiculous without having to make it funny. You know, yeah. is that, does that make sense? I, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I don't think that, I, I don't know. I, I just think that maybe, maybe it shouldn't even been camp or maybe it should have just been one or the other because I just, I don't, I think it felt like this movie was trying to balance too many spinning plates and they all were crashing to the floor. Like mm-hmm. not one was kind of left standing and I feel like it would have served it way better if, he had just picked yeah. like one solid direction mm-hmm. to go into. Well, yeah, and, and that's another thing too. Or maybe I'm that, in the minority. Yeah. That well, that's another thing too. Is is that just the writing itself? Like, I I feel like this was one of those things where no matter what script you gave him, he was going to make something very interesting out of it. But mm-hmm. you have to give him a good script. I, I think the the fault for me is in the script. I, I think some of the decisions with some of the characters, which we'll talk about in spoilers, is just not. And it, it doesn't have to be satisfying. Like like I'm not saying like you know, it should fulfill our expectations, but I also don't necessarily think all of the character motivations and arcs were in line with what we've seen from them in the past. And that's fine to kind of redefine a character or reimagine a character, but it's also like, there has to be a bridge between character and this thing and character and this thing, if it all exists in a franchise. You know, if this was the first movie, fine, whatever. But because this is part of a series some moments just didn't feel honest to the characters that we had seen in the previous okay. things, Dr. Strange in no way home Wanda in WandaVision. Like, it seems like there were some leaps taken, um, which we'll get to in, in the spoiler chat, but like that for me was what kind of held it back. And some of that, that humor that did feel a little bit more MCU horror, rather uh, MCU humor rather than Sam yeah. Raimi humor, you know, it was a little bit more like playing for the laugh rather than just like being funny on its own. Like, like the ridiculous monster with the eyeball falling out, that to me was hilarious. It didn't need a joke, but then they would add a joke on top of that. That would be a little too much for me. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, you didn't need that. Um, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on just like the story itself without getting into specifics, but like, were you, cause I don't want to say were you satisfied because oftentimes mm-hmm. some of the best movies are the ones that challenge us. And, but, but it still has to make sense, you know? Sure. You know, uh, I don't know how to talk about this. without spoiling. I think we can save it for spoilers if you want. I mean, <laughs> I agree. I think that the script was probably the weakest part of it all, which is a shame because like that's the foundation of the movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sam Raimi did try to save it with really cool and unique, you know, transitions. It feels very campy, very comic booky with some of the transitions that he chooses to do. Mm -hmm. Like there's one point where, you know, it zooms in like into a circle, almost like looney tunes like at the end of like where you know one of them says and that's all folks and then it like zooms back out and i thought i was like wow that's a really interesting choice we never see transitions like that anymore in movies and i was and i was super you know pleased with those aspects of the movies of of the movie rather 
Um, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess the, here's what I'll say about like the story without doing too much is that it's Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, and you don't walk away thinking about Doctor Strange. He's not a standout character in this film at all. You walk away thinking about Wanda and America. Yeah. And and, and granted, he is the main character. He's in most of the movie, but it always seems like he's just kind of our eye to everything. And Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, it's just such a weird idea because the past two films now with Doctor Strange, he's not the person I would have thought of as the go-to. Let's pair him with a kid. Him and Peter Parker. Him in America. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like sure, that's like yeah. in his natural character, which I like. It's like an interesting direction to be like, let's pair him with a kid and see what happens. But it, it's almost like I almost wish they had made a Wanda movie and had Doctor Strange in it or made just a movie about America. And like, just, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Doctor Strange being the main character, it almost seems like they had to force some stuff in to make it a Doctor Strange movie to where characters like Michael Stuhlbarg's character, the other doctor who works at the hospital, he's on the poster. His name is on the poster, Michael Stuhlbarg. Mm. But he's in one scene. He talks to mm-hmm. him at the wedding in mm-hmm. the altars. He talks to him for maybe a minute and that's it. And it's like, this guy's on the poster because, and I love Michael Stuhlbarg, but it's like, why would you put him on the poster if you're just going to use him for one line? And even Rachel McAdams' character, I think she has a lot more to do in this movie, but mm-hmm. it always seems like it's just to kind of service his story because they needed to give him a little bit more. Mordo mm-hmm. is the same thing. They talk about how like, oh, Mordo, yeah, no, we were friends and now he's an enemy. And, he, and this isn't really a spoiler because this is where mm-hmm. we left off where Mordo had the evil turn at the end of Doctor Strange. Right. And they talk about that evil turn, but we haven't seen that evil turn since. So when they talk mm-hmm. about it, I'm like, well, why didn't we just see the evil turn? And that's where I'm like, I agree with you. I wish there was a movie before this to kind of be the story about that's where we can focus on Dr. Strange and Mordo and Wong and, and what's her name? Uh, his love interest, Rachel McAdams character, Christine Palmer, Christine, the four of them first. And then you can kind of connect it to the stuff going on with Wanda and America, because I feel like this was more about Wanda in America, like you said, and Dr. Strange kind of felt like the supported character, but mm-hmm. they were trying to make him the main character. And obviously he did serve a function because, you know, he is the main character, but it, it I do agree. It did seem like his story was the least compelling of all of them. Um, yeah and those characters like Mordo I was like very excited to see where that dynamic would end and it's very interesting what they do with Mordo's character here um, especially given that that was the cliffhanger of the first Doctor Strange movie and I think that's just where so many movies have passed in between Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange 2 where it's like this is not really a sequel to Doctor Strange it's just another installment of the MCU kind of like how Civil War Civil War wasn't really a sequel to Winter Soldier it was just the next Avengers movie but it was more Captain America centric so they put Captain America's name on it I think this could have just been called the multiverse of madness. And I think it would have been a lot more successful, but I think by trying to make it a Dr. Strange story, you know, they tried to put a lot of stuff there that we didn't really need. Um, yeah. Yeah. And another thing it's short. It's one of the shorter MCU movies. Yeah. And I think this is one of those movies where it could have been longer because I think they want to do so much. And, and I feel like because they were trying to tighten up the runtime or whatever, a lot of stuff got sacrificed or short-lived or some characters like Michael Stuhlbarg's character. Maybe you could have given him another scene if you could have made the movie 30 minutes longer or mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and I'm not saying you need more cameos because you know how I feel about cameos. Sometimes yeah. they feel unearned and we'll talk about yeah. those cameos uh, later, but um, <laughs> sorry, I've rambled on. Con- continue your thoughts. <laughs> no deal. I completely understand. I completely agree with what you're saying. Like they easily could have tacked on a 30, 30 more minutes to this movie mm-hmm. just to make a lot of moments feel more fleshed out and um you know complete like they just throw so much at you and it's in such a short amount of time that it's 
it's like, like I said, I'm just still processing this film. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely still like thinking about everything that happened in that movie being like, I am left now with more questions than answers. And, you know, I think part of the issue is, is that they, you know, we have a lot of movies now or like, you know, solo movies. We have like Doctor Strange, you know, his first movie came out. I did the math. Eight years ago in 2016. Is that correct? It'd be six years. <laughs> okay. I didn't do the but math. It's fine. It's but fine. still, six years ago, that's a really long time. Like, you typically, when movies get sequels or trilogies or anything, I feel like they come out within like two years of each other. Yeah. You know? Either and two years or it's like a 30 years later, let's revisit these characters when they're old. Yeah. Not, exactly. Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. Not like so a, a six year guy. A good chunk of time has passed between his first movie and between now all of these movies that are coming out. It's like we have pre-blip movies and now we have post-blip movies. And it's I feel like the blip is now doing a disservice to all of these uh, characters that have solo movies now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Spider-Man had to deal with what Spider-Man had to do with. Now we've seen the second installment of Doctor Strange. I'm nervous. Like, now Guardians 3 is seemingly all about, you know, going to be about, like, dealing with them trying to get Gamora back you know, from, from the blip, like mm-hmm. Thor, Love and Thunder, like, uh, like who knows what Black Panther 2 is going to be like. I just feel like they have to address this major, major event, you know, which mm-hmm. they do in the beginning, like that rather quickly, you know, they talk about how they had both, or, oh, oh him and the doctor had both been gone for five years. They talk about mm-hmm. how they both blipped and, and then Christine obviously didn't blip and that's how she met this fella that she's getting married to in the trailer. I don't know if that's a spoiler. I'm so it's sorry. not. I mean, we, we see in the trailer that he's at a wedding yeah. and it's Christine's and he's obviously not marrying her not, because he's, he's in the crowd. Um, not the groom. Yeah. No, so, that's, not, um, that's not a spoiler. But. And, you know, it's just, it feels like they have to, now with these movies going forward, they have to address this. Also, the next thing that's happening in this character's lives. So the mm-hmm. fact that they decided to shorten it and not make it two and a half hours or three hours Endgame, shout out. Um, it, it just like blows my mind. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and and I don't want to harp on the script too much because like Michael Waldron wrote one of our favorite uh, series, Loki. But mm. I think the difference is he has 12 episodes to do that. We've seen six of them. They decided mm-hmm. to split into two seasons midway through. But um, we saw six episodes. That's a lot more time to cover something as big as the multiverse. Mm-hmm. WandaVision had nine episodes to cover her whole arc. I feel when you have these movies, unless you have an Endgame or an Infinity War, you can't. I, I wish these stories were smaller. And, and I, I think a lot of people were like, oh, I wish they had jumped around to more, more multiverses. That wasn't my issue. Because in this movie, we only see really two other universes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was the issue because I honestly liked how it was a little bit more contained. I even think these three universes, it was too much to handle in, in two hours. I think, sure. honestly, that sequence of them shifting through all the different multiverses like that, that was very interesting. I don't need a whole movie of that. Like Then it just becomes kind of like a, you know, a cameo show of, oh, what universe are they in now? And then this universe, and then this universe. Mm. It's not really a story at that point. Sure, That wasn't my issue. It was just that with the three universes they were talking about, it still seemed a little rushed and crammed for two hours. And I just think, in like Loki, you have time to explain these concepts here. It's like, they're trying to explain it all and also address the past shows and address some future stuff. And 
just other stuff going on and the cameo. It just feels like they were just biting off a lot that, you know, they couldn't really chew all at once. Um, mm-hmm. It's like that marshmallow contest with the, you know, the <laughs> cheeks. It's like Chubby bunny. Too, many, too many marshmallows. Yes. Thank you. Um, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, those marshmallows looked really, really fucking cool. And I think that is why mm-hmm. I will come back to this movie because I think it just looks so interesting. I want to see all the different styles of filmmaking, even the camera movement, even visuals aside, CGI yeah. aside, just the way like cameras kind of move and they come out of people's eyes or in people's eyes. It was a little much, but at least it was bold. At least it kind of went there and took that yeah. risk. Did it sure. always work? No, but it was always memorable and exciting. And it felt like it had a singularity that other Marvel movies have lacked recently, um, despite trying to tie in so much, which I did like. Yeah. So... I think that kind of covers our non-spoiler thoughts. Now we should probably get into yes. spoiler territory just because we have a lot more to talk about with specifics to the story that we either loved sure. or didn't love. And we could talk a little bit more about the performances because even that is hard to talk about without spoilers because there's one character in particular that had a very different direction going for them than we thought from the trailer, which is great, but also like it's a lot to dissect with their performance. So mm-hmm. thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned next week. We will be talking about the Moon Knight finale, which um, may or may not have been more satisfying or less satisfying. We'll talk about it then. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll s- see you then. Uh, so I'm going to put up the spoiler ban. So anyone still watching, warning, the spoilers are out there. Um, and if you're listening, spoilers are happening now. Um, so Kels, the big thing that they didn't put in the trailer was A, uh, the Wanda villain reveal being that mm-hmm. she is not just turning bad, but from the start get go, she's evil, mm-hmm. kind of evil the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And the second being uh, John Krasinski. Um, and I say that yeah. because the rest of the Illuminati, they spoil from freaking trailers. And this is my one little mini rant. I am okay. so done with all the marketing showing the best cameos. We okay. did we saw with no way home. Here, we saw in, in the Super Bowl trailer, we heard Professor X's voice. How much cooler would it have been if the last Illuminati member is Professor X? And we had no idea. Mm-hmm. They showed in the next trailer, we see Captain Marvel flying. But it's obviously not Brie Larson because if you were to slow that frame down, you realize it's a completely different skin tone. You probably figured that's probably Maria or Monica Rambo. We didn't mm-hmm. know which one, but by then we figured it out. And then the mm. latest TV spot, we see the shield, but we know that that is not America shield. That is the British one, the one with the whatever it's called. Uh. I don't know what it's called. So I knew, I don't know if you did, but I just from seeing trailers knew most of the Illuminati. And then the other one was Mordo. Mm. Um, and then the other character, I unfortunately did not know because I have not watched Inhumans. But it's that one was kept a surprise, but obviously didn't mean anything to me because Inhumans was probably the least popular of the ABC TV shows. So Black Mm -hmm. Bolt meant nothing to me because I just didn't know who he was. So the only one big reveal was really John Krasinski, uh, even though Black Bolt was the coolest of all of them. But that is just my mini rant. Those cameos, if we had no idea that Captain Carter, some iteration of Captain Marvel and Professor X were in there, I think I would have walked away from this movie being like, holy crap because like that would have been actually surprising to where yeah. like, there wasn't really anything that surprised me in this movie aside from john krasinski and then just the wanda villain turn being so immediate um yeah so that's the end of my rant 
I would like to hear your thoughts though on the Wanda stuff and just the whole movie in general. Any specifics you want to name? Sure. Uh, I'll let you kind of take over the conversation now. Just I needed to get that out there that like Marvel, stop spoiling your movies because those moments are going to be so much cooler, <laughs> especially because this movie didn't go overboard with those cameos. Like I was worried it would be, you know, because there were rumors that Tom Cruise was going to show up as Iron Man. That you know we'd see mm. all the, this character and this character. Deadpool was going to show up here. The, mm. These were all the rumors. And I'm glad they didn't go that route because then it would have just felt like a theme park ride, you know, of just like, oh, yeah. look who that is. Like, I like how they didn't go overblown with it. But the few they had, they shouldn't have shown the trailers. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you don't do look. I was lucky enough to not see any anything past what, you know, ca- the Captain Marvel-esque character with her mm-hmm. style of powers and everything. Like, obviously, I theorized that maybe that was... I didn't even theorize that, that that was a Captain Marvel variant. I just thought it might be someone similar as as Captain Marvel. I definitely didn't see anything about Captain Carter. And that oh, was the cool, one that cool. I was most stoked to see. I didn't even give a shit about John Krasinski. I was that, like, oh my god, Haley Atwell, Captain Carter. I love that. That's this. my point, though, is like, look how excited you were versus yeah. me. I, if I hadn't known that at all, and it was on the latest trailer. It was on a TV spot. So, like, I wasn't even seeking out the trailer. I was watching baseball, and it was a, there was a trailer oh, on, and they showed I it. See. It's like, Oh, it's so frustrating. See, here's what I'll say about that section, and then we can talk about Wanda, because I feel like we both have so much to say about her. Um, you know, I didn't know what the Illuminati was until I was talking with my manager, nonetheless, and he was telling me about how he thought that it was, you know, going to come up. He was like, oh, I think they're going to bring in the Illuminati, which is this character, this character, this character. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, that'd be dope. And like, you know, didn't really think much of it. And then it was totally happening. And I was like, Oh, my God, he was just talking to me about this. And yeah, yeah, my, my issue slash, like, non issue with this whole sequence is that we got John Krasinski as Reed Richards. First of all, he was introduced as the smartest man in the universe. And I was like, Professor X is right there. How dare you disrespect (laughs) Him. In the in the comics, it is it is a, a known thing amongst all of them that Reed Richards is the smartest man in the world. Yeah. All right, I'll believe it when I see it. But <laughs> I've seen all the X Men movies. I know Professor X has got some brains, so I don't know this Reed Richards guy. He's gonna have to prove himself to me. <laughs> but we got him. First of all, how did we call as a fandom that John Krasinski was gonna be Reed Richards? Well, here I have a theory. I think. Go ahead. I think they were not necessarily going to go the full fledged Illuminati route, but there were so many fan castings saying John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt as Sue Storm and Mr. Fantastic. Okay. That I think Marvel's like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Reach out to them. They said no. And he said, well, can you at least do this? And he was like, fine, because here's the thing. I don't think this confirms that he's Reed Richards because. Okay. I, I, I really don't. I, I don't necessarily think this means he has to be the MCU's Reed Richards. I honestly think it'd be funnier if he wasn't, because then it's kind of mm. like a haha Marvel fans, you got what you want? Well, guess what? Fuck you. He's dead, now he's and now dead. we're moving on. Um, Because this is not the right multiverse. This is not the right universe. Right. Which we'll get into in another point, too, of, of just how that complicates the MCU going forward. But, right. um, uh, but I, I honestly hope that was a one-off thing, because he doesn't need it. He has the quiet place money. He can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's a good director. My other theory was that mm-hmm. maybe this confirmed because I we didn't do news at the top of the show, but John Watts this week reportedly dropped out of Fantastic Four. He said after No Way Home, he wants to take a break. He doesn't want to okay. put another huge movie on his plate, which fair. He made three, I would say, okay Spider-Man movies. One good Spider-Man movie, one great Spider-Man movie, and one that I don't really care for. But um, 
he right. made three Spider-Man movies and now he can kind of relax. That's fine. I was thinking, what if this was John Watts was never involved and he was a decoy because John Krasinski is going to direct Fantastic Four. And this was them saying he's going to direct it. That was my thing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I think. I think he's going to direct it. it. I don't think he'll be in it. OK, I like I like that theory, Dale. I would like I listen. I love John Krasinski. I love him being involved in any aspect of it any way shape or form Mm -hmm. on the flip side of you saying like he does have the quiet place money he can do whatever he wants why not be in a superhero film you know what i mean it's like oh i've got this i've got this office credentials i've got like the horror under my Mm -hmm. belt now you know what i'm gonna dabble with me mcu why not yeah and you know what i'm dabbling might just be making this cameo in this movie but that's what i'm saying yeah that's what dabbling is if if you're gonna commit to a role though like look at kumail like the way he had to like condition his body just for that one role and now well, who knows if we're going to see him again you know what i mean like, it is a commitment. for uh the ta- the jack ryan series so we right. know that true, he's, true, true. he's capable right right but again like it, it, i think mcu is tough to dabble in unless you're doing one of these like one-off little cameos that like it's a bigger commitment if you are actually having a role but i, I would like to see him like obviously I, li- I like seeing him but i thought it would be funnier if, if all this fan casting turned out to be true only to be stripped away with five minutes and that's kind of like adding to the to the camp of the Sam Raimi style is the fact that like we see all these great people and then a minute later they're all dead. And I kind of got yeah. a kick out of that. Like I thought it was funny. Yeah. I actually really yeah. enjoyed that part because I was like, mm-hmm. honestly, you're not giving the audience what they want. The audience yeah. wants these people in the regular MCU. No, you're literally killing Mr. F- Professor X. And it's like, that's, that's big. Oh, but again, that was hard to watch, but again, like it's shocking and it, it makes sense with the story. It helps establish Wanda is even more powerful than we ever imagined that she can burst a black bolt's head from inside him by sealing his mouth shut. Mm. That was graphic. Um, yeah. 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 I, okay. I did like the sequence though. I did not for the, the shock of the cameos, but just the way it was just kind of like, ha 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 here, get laugh, smile, clap. They're all dead. Now they're all dead. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I actually kind of love that. That was, that was yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we were, we were, waiting with such bated breath about this John Krasinski Reed Richards reveal and then like literally 60 seconds later he was the first one out of not the first black ball went first I think he was the second one to get murked and then it was down to the two women and honestly like Captain Marvel like she's supposed to be near indestructible and she went down with like a statue falling on her whatever it was I will say watching Haley Atwell get sliced in half that was definitely the hardest one to watch. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. don't watch the shield physically cut through the top of her body, mm-hmm. but you just see it. You hear it and you see her reaction to it slicing her in half. You see the shield hit the wall, dripping blood, and then she falls over. And yeah. all of it is just inferred and just up to interpretation. And it's enough. Yeah. It's enough for you to go, oh. It, oh my god and i hate to say this because it sounds kind of morbid but it was almost a breath of fresh air to see them yeah. all die because it was it. permanent because it was permanent because mm-hmm. marvel now has such a habit of they're dead uh just kidding they're not mm-hmm. toby mcguire in spider-man no way home just oh no he's okay he's okay he just got stabbed in the back but he's okay um oh yeah right. loki loki how many times did he die bucky he's dead oh no he's the winter soldier he's okay uh t'challa he's dead oh nope nope t'challa's back um mm-hmm. now he's now he's unfortunately dead but but again like it's one of those things where it's like they marvel's done that so many times it was almost nice to be like yep that's permanent they're dead and now we're moving on to another universe which is why i think this can segue now to wanda mm-hmm. because supposedly she's now dead 
and Wong died. Oh no, he's on the side of a cliff. And I groaned because mm. I knew as soon as Wong, Wong went over the cliff, I was like, he's he's going to be alive because uh-huh. that's what Marvel does. They toy with us to make us think they're dead only for them not to be. And I'm kind of getting sick of that by now. Um, and then if they are dead, it's not very ceremonious in this way. Like it, it wasn't mm. really a, a mighty send off. So uh, let's talk about definite. Wanda. Let's talk about Wanda. Let's talk um, about big baddie Wanda. <laughs> she's evil. She's evil. Um, I mean, some, some may say misunderstood, um, <laughs> but what she was doing was evil. Um, yes. The killing sprees. Yes. Um, yes. For the sure. motivation made sense. Yes. But also, mm-hmm. you know, like what she was doing was not right. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to hate her necessarily because she is a very well-rounded, dyna- dynamic, complex character. But mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts on this? Honestly, Dale, I feel like a lot of people were upset and, like, annoyed that she was the big villain. I honestly was like, guys, we should have seen this coming. First of all, I'd like to pat myself on the back here for a moment saying that the second I saw the end credit scene of WandaVision saying she's going to spend the next half of her journey now trying to get her kids back, that is, like, verbatim what I said, and it turned out to be true. And I just want to be like, oh, good for you. You called it. And second of all, she had the dark hold. We should have known from the second she was messing with the dark hold that she was not going to be taking the right path. You know what I mean? So the fact that we didn't, the more like that, more of us didn't see this coming is just kind of like, are are you guys dumb? Obviously, she was going to be the big villain. You idiots. I don't think her being a villain is the problem because I think it was it was completely justified by what we saw in Wandavision. My issue is that when she was the villain it seemed a little one note in the fact that it was just kind of like all up here. It was all just evil Wanda until the very end. That scene in the house where she's like finally with her kids and her kids are crying. They're scared of her and she's having that moment. That mm-hmm. to me was like what I wish we kind of saw the whole movie. I wish we saw a little okay. bit of that because what, what the show did so well was making it, making it very known that what she was doing was terrible, but finding ways to still make us empathize with her. Mm-hmm. And I think she is such a good performer and she was great in this too. But mm-hmm. I think that series just really understood every layer of that character to where like you were like, damn Wanda, what did you do? But even at the end, she, she acknowledges it. She accepts it. She learns from her mistakes. And it just felt like it was kind of just backpedaling, even though it did tease it in the post credit scene. It still is like, you did all this with vision and now you kind of learn from your mistakes, but now your kids just mean more than, than vision for you to just kind of like, forget all the growth you just went through. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Maybe the dark hold has that power over her, but then I would have liked maybe a scene in the beginning of Wanda where the dark hold is kind of messing with her mind. So we can see that other side of her that is saying, no, but it's not right. I want to do this nicely, nice, nicely, <laughs> nicely, <laughs> peacefully. There's mm-hmm. a moment where she's talking when professor X is in like that Dumbledore state that I was alluding yes. to earlier, where she kind yes. of reaches out and she's like, help, I need your help. I wish we saw more of that Wanda's perspective to kind of give a little bit more variance because I felt like it was all just like evil Wanda 100% of the time where it felt one note to me. And I was like, Wanda's just such a complex character. I, I feel like I wanted more layers, you know? Okay. It wasn't that it didn't make sense with her arc. It's just that it almost plateaued um, till the very end when we got that really great scene. And I love that scene with, with the kids and they're crying and, and you really realize that she she cares so much about their happiness that she is willing to sacrifice her own. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. deep. That is emotional. I wish we got more of that. Um, or we got a longer film to really kind of 
gradually build to the evilness or something. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, Dale, like, I feel like WandaVision was so good at exploring all the different facets of her character that I didn't mind that in this film, it was just, I got to get back to my kids. This is my plan. This is what I'm doing the entire time. You know what I mean? Like, she Mm -hmm. was just spearheading, you know, like, like you said, one note the entire time, but it was a high C and she's saying it beautifully. So I wasn't mad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she does Um, perform the role so well, too. So it's like, I'm still going to, I don't want to say root for her, but I'm still going to be intrigued by what I'm seeing. I'm still going to lean in and be like, what's up with Wanda? Um, To where, again, like you said with Doctor Strange, every time it was Doctor Strange and the Illuminati, I was like, all right, where's Wanda? You know, I wanted (laughs) to see more of Wanda and Wong. Right. That to me was more interesting. Um, And I'm glad they didn't kill Wong because, again, I knew as soon as he went over the cliff, I said, he's in the Shang-Chi post-credits. And that has to take place after She-Hulk because Hulk is no longer Professor Hulk. So mm. Wong's got to be alive after this because this is taking place before Shang-Chi, according to the timeline. So Perhaps. again, that's just Marvel just being kind of a little lazy with the way they sometimes make their post-credits scene or being too specific about the timeline and stuff to where you can poke holes like that in it, where I'm like, that character's got to survive. He's in a post credit scene. Um, mm-hmm. So that was just my brain rolling 100 miles a minute. But what here's, else did you think? Yeah. Here's this. The second thing I'll say about Wanda is that we learned in this movie that the multiverse, like you as yourself, can figure out a way to do this thing called dream walking, which is you can access a different version of yourself in another universe and kind of live vicariously through that version of you, but as you. So that's kind of what Wanda was doing this entire time. She was accessing another Wanda in in another universe. So that she could interact with Billy and Tommy. So she could figure out how how to get to them. And um, I was honestly waiting for the big plot twist at the end. Of another Wanda from another universe. Using our Wanda in our universe. Dream walking through her. Making her do all this evil shit. So Mm. then at the end it would be like. But it wasn't me the entire time. It was that evil Wanda. And then maybe some people would have been more satisfied being like oh so she did go through growth in wandavision she's not truly evil nice but it did turn out to be our wanda which you know like i said i'm personally not mad about that i respect the fact that she was evil you know i I think it's fine to defy expectations it's just also like i I just feel like it it kind of just took away some of the layers and and that's just but i get it like the motivation i'm not a mother i don't know and it is mother's day (laughs) when we're recording this and i know Mm. You know, I, I get it. I, I do understand it from just an outsider perspective how important those kids were to her. But it's also like, I don't know. I, I just think it stems down from I think they're cramming too much into it to where, like, I honestly wish it didn't have anything to do with the multiverse. I wish it was just, like, this universe and then a universe where Billy and Tommy are trapped in some other world. Like, I wish it didn't have to go through all the layers of all the multiverse and the, the Illuminati and, and you know, uh, you got to get this book to offset that book it was just a bunch of like Mm. MacGuffins. it was like you got to get this thing to get that thing or you have to get this thing to prevent that thing and america herself and we haven't even talked about her much Mm -hmm. she almost felt more like a item that they had to get like a thing rather than her own person and i know they showed Mm -hmm. that little story with her backstory but even then it was like a two second clip of, of her and it was also it was a little ridiculous the the whole like bee thing she got scared by a bee and then like scared her parents away or 
send her parents away to some other universe because of a bee. It's like they could have made it at least something bigger, maybe like a monster or um, mm. and it was some one of the old villains we've seen in other Marvel movies. Like the, to make it a bee, it felt a little silly and not sure. in like the good campy way. It was just kind of like, really, that's the choice. Um, yeah, I, I just wish she was more of a character, you know, like like rather than a plot device for Wanda. Sure. Um, because then at that point they should just made it a thing, make it like this, this, this key that can help you go through multiverses. Cause when you make it a character, then their first motive is to serve another character's story rather than being their own, uh, to where like a lot of people are like, I love America. I love America. I liked her, but I feel like I didn't really get to know her well. And she's apparently also supposed to be LGBT and we didn't really get much of that conversation either. The LGBT themes that they were hyping up, they kind of were half-assed and I wish they had gone further with it, you know? Because I, well, I like seeing different people and, and walks of life in the MCU. And I wish they were just further explored, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, America ended up having two moms in case you missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was iconic and awesome. She was also sporting on her jacket the, um, like, the equality pin that's, mm-hmm. like, the rainbow and then all the different, you know, colors, yeah. like, the triangle colors to represent people of color, all, all yeah. those things. And that's so, great. Yeah. I just wish yeah. they had more verbal discussions about it. No, yeah. Again, sure. It feels it feels like they are trying to find ways that if need be, if they want to release it in China, they can just doop, doop, cut that scene out and it'll be just fine to sure. send over, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, I just hate that. But, you know, I like like I said in the beginning, Dale, like we had just met this brand new character. So I feel like there's definitely still aspects of her we need to explore, possibly in upcoming movies, possibly in her own show. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet, but I am excited, you know, like from what I've seen from her in this movie, I'm definitely super excited to explore more of her character. Hopefully, you know, she gets a movie trying to find her, find her moms. She's got to find her moms in the multiverse. Yeah. I love how, you know, her whole aesthetic was like a star and that's kind of how it, you know, uh, manifested. Like she would get nervous, use her powers and break through the multiverse and like yeah. the tunnel that was going through the multiverse was shaped yeah, as a star. It was really cool. Yeah. And yeah. she would like, even in the beginning when she was fighting the giant eye octopus thing, like she broke a piece of like the ledge she was standing on and it broke into a star. And I thought that that was like a really yeah. cool detail too. Yeah. Again, and all that. stylistically, it's so cool. Like this is the epitome of when people say like style over substance. Like I think mm-hmm. this was such a cool style. I just wish the story was a little bit more th- not even thorough because I feel like it was still thorough, but you know, just, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Cause it's, it's tough. It, it's tough. Cause also it is so much movie to, to have in, in here after one viewing and be able to discuss that. It's just, I would have made other choices, but again, I'm not a director. Yeah. I'm not a writer. I don't know if I would have made better choices or not. I, I don't, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The world may never know. I will say though, that I, once we saw Wong go off the cliff, I, knew he was still alive because i'm like okay that's not how he went because they're gonna make yeah. it big cinematic epic if he's gonna die in this movie obviously i was worried for when uh steven was dream walking in the zombie version of himself and wong had was finally making his way back up the cliff that he was going to like get up to the top wanda was gonna like do a misfire to steven it was gonna hit wong mm-hmm. and like that was gonna be the big yeah. moment so i was nervous for him during that but then he he made it out of that what i will say during that last like battle sequence if you will is that i just i could absolutely do without the whole the the souls of the damned bit when he's 
you know, inhabiting a dead version of himself. Like, obviously, that awakens, like, all these people are saying, like, this is not natural. Like, you can't be doing this. This is messing with the mystic arts in the worst way. Like, whatever. So then all these demons, like, bat-like creatures start attacking him. And then they turn into wings for him to fly. I was like, I can do without this. This is, like, nonsense to me right now. I I dug it because, you know, I I just, that that to me is very, like, Sam Raimi, just through and through. It's ridiculous, but I liked it. I think the Mm. problem I had was then afterwards, they tried to make this really emotional moment with him and wanda and him in america but he's addressing her as the zombie so mm-hmm. it kind of looks ridiculous it's like yeah we're gonna go for it go for like the crazy moment but then if you're gonna have a send- sentimental tender moment don't have him in that stupid look um right because it looks cool but it's also like it, it got a little much um but I, yeah. I did like it stylistically i thought it was cool um another thing <laughs> mm-hmm I got a kick out of it because I'm a, I'm a movie nerd, but I, I feel like no one else appreciated this as much. But Bruce Campbell, for those who don't know okay. Bruce Campbell, for those who know, don't know Bruce Campbell, sure. Bruce Campbell is in every Sam Raimi movie. He was the lead of the Evil Dead franchise, Ash. So if you've ever heard of mm. the show, the TV show Ash versus the Evil Dead, that's it. Uh, Evil Dead were these really low budget zombie movies. They're like 80 minutes long. They're quick watches. They are ridiculous. They really don't have much plot except for going away to the woods and then everyone just starts turning into zombies. And yeah. Ash is always the last guy who has to just fight him off. In Evil Dead 2, basically his hand gets cut off and he the hand starts attacking. It becomes a zombie and starts attacking him. It's him fighting against his own hand. Um, oh, so in this, I get it. In, in, this, in this movie... Um, and we've seen him in the Spider-Man movies too. In the first one, he's the one who announces Bone Saw uh, when Spider-Man first gets in the ring to fight. And then the second one, he's the usher who's like, "You're late to the show. You can't come in." And the third one, he's the waiter who tries to put the wedding ring in, in the, the engagement ring in the glass. Mm. So he's been everywhere. But there's a scene where he's like selling hot dogs or whatever in this multiverse, and I can't remember what incites Doctor Strange to make him start hitting himself. But we literally see him start to fight his own hand again. And I love that as just an evil dead fan and just a fan of his work. He's a very good physical comedian. He's getting older, but he's still got it. Mm -hmm. And it was just really funny to see that little homage. And then the post credits, of course, to be like, it's over. Like, like (laughs) that to me is so funny because it's also like, haha, FCU fans, you thought you were getting something, you're getting something else. Like that kind of stuff. I I, I really did like, cause, cause that's all Sam Raimi hundred percent. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I like this. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was fun to see him. But I will say though, Dill, is that I did. In this was like the main. I feel like the main objective and conflict for Steven throughout the movie, which was his relationship with Christine. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we start off with him at her wedding. She's marrying someone else. You know, he has to be Doctor Strange and and leave and you know upstage her like yet again on her own wedding day like of course he's getting the upper hand she even says something like of course like this is happening on my day like you know what i mean and he goes through all these different uh multiverses he meets another version of himself and he's like he meets a version of christine in another multiverse he asks her like oh what was what what are we in this universe and she's like well we never figured that out like we just didn't end up together he meets a version of himself he's like what happened with us and christine and and, you know, they didn't work out in that multiverse either. And it it started making me think, like, how, you know, people theorize that, like, Tony dying is a Nexus event and it just has to happen in every universe. I think that this whole movie is Steven realizing that in every universe, in every alternate reality, he will just never be with Christine. Them ending up together, them rather not ending up to get, 
not ending up together mm-hmm. is a nexus event and it yeah. will just never happen and like and there's a moment yeah and there's this moment when they're doing you know he she's helping him kind of you know take over the form the zombie form and and you know be there for america while they're stuck in the other universe together and there's this moment where i just think it dawns on him like he realizes like damn like i will mm-hmm. never ever get to be with the one person that i truly love and and want to be with and I think like that is probably the most like it's Dr. Stephen Strange gets to do in his own movie. You know, that's yeah. the most emotion like he that. has emotionally yeah. and and contextually for sure. Yeah, um, I, I did like yeah, that. Did, I, I thought I, I thought it was a that. good element. It, it made Rachel McAdams a much more important character this one than the yeah. last one, because the last one, she really is not important at all. And I hate that mm-hmm. because she's so good. Um, mm-hmm. To where like this one, I felt like they actually like gave her a purpose, gave her something to do, gave her a reason to propel his arc, but not be there just to support his arc, but to actually have her own and to make her own statement as yeah. a character. But also it is heartbreaking. And I, I also feel like another post credit, which we haven't even gotten to, but it's almost like for Wanda, her arc seems complete. But for Doctor Strange, it kind of ends in the same place it begins at the mm-hmm. end in the post credits. Charlie Theron playing Clea from the comics comes mm. out of nowhere, tells him, Hey, you opened up this thing in the dark dimension. Something happened in the dark dimension. We got to go. And there's this portal, in the dark dimension. I'm like, so they're just going to go into another universe, another place. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like he, from the beginning, the beginning, he didn't have Christine. He was upset about it. And the multiverse was going crazy at the end. He's sad about not having Christine. He doesn't have Christine and the multiverse, the dark dimensions going crazy. It's almost like he didn't yeah, do anything totally. in terms of growth. He was there to help other characters, but it was like himself. I feel like emotionally the stuff with Christine, he has learned, but he hasn't really changed. Like he's, a, it's the same scenario. You could end no way home and probably go into the next, next movie of Dr. Strange. And it would kind of just flow well, because this mm-hmm. did feel more like Wanda's story. And then in that case, I wish it was a Wanda movie. I wish it was a movie about America or Wanda or even mm-hmm. Wong because Wong now is the Sorcerer Supreme. Dive into that a little bit more. It was cool yeah. to see him take charge. But Doctor Strange, I feel like, is like just not the focal point that like he he feels yeah. like, yeah, they just needed someone to kind of be that anchor for the story. But he, yeah. yeah. And again, with that post credit scene, I'm excited to see Charlize Theron, but it's also like didn't really mean much to me because it's like, we're just kind of going back into another multiverse. Like it never ends. And it's like, how much longer are we going to do this multiverse thing? And does that lessen the effects of when characters do die? The fact that, yeah, we lost Gamora. It was so sad, but then in Endgame, we have another Gamora and then guardians is going to be searching for that other Gamora. And the fact that like now that with the multiverse, maybe we can get another black widow of Scarlett Johansson. It's great for the fans who like the actors, but in the story, I feel like some moments aren't going to hold as much weight because now because of the multiverse, they can kind of do whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like to where Patrick Stewart has been like, I might return as Professor X someday again. You never know. But it's also like, but they just killed you again. Like to, to return mm-hmm. again, how many times are we going to watch this man die? But again, with the multiverse, they right. can do that. And I feel like this kind of puts Marvel in a little bit of a trap now where they, if they make a mistake, they can just go and correct it with the multiverse or they can just you know, pull from the multiverse if they need a plot thread doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like it's almost like a cheap out now where I'm like, I wish the multiverse, we could just put it to bed and just focus on the stories going on in Earth 616 first before going yeah. out with all these other universes. Cause I'm, I'm a little multiverse out, especially now, you know? Sure. It was cool that they confirmed in this movie that like they call their Earth 616. I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. 
Um, here's what I'll say about the multiverse still. It's like we were expecting when we heard that like there was gonna be like the multiverse, I think, first got mentioned in Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Like like when Quentin Beck, who turned out to be a fraud anyway, was like there saying he was from a different earth and they had to battle these elementals and Spider-Man's mm. like, You're saying there's a multiverse? Like I can literally hear him saying that line. And we expected just something so drastically different from what we got. You know, we thought that this was going to tie in the X-Men. And, you know, Ralph Boner wasn't always going to be Ralph Boner. Mm -hmm. He was going to be the multiversal version of Peter Maximoff. Like, whatever we thought, like, you know, that Deadpool was going to be introduced. Like, all these different things. And it's just, that's not what it turned out to be at all and like yeah. i'm just so disappointed with how they're kind of really fumbling this past like we really they like teed it up for us like so perfectly <sighs> and it just it wasn't a, a home run they i don't struck yeah. out you know what I, I mean? don't even think it needs to live up to what we expected it's more of just like we're still kind of in that gray area of like yeah so what is the end purpose of this yeah you know, it's like, where are we going with this? Because, like, Loki and Sylvie, okay, we get it, what happened. But, like, Wanda, okay, this part with Wanda, the multiverse is done. She, she's presumably dead. Probably not. Um, And then, like, okay, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, okay, that's done, that's done, multiverse. But then it's still open. Doctor Strange is going back into this Dark Dimension thing with Clea. Oh, and there's also a Loki season two. And we're also going to try to bring in, like, Fantastic Four and X-Men and all the, like... At this point, I'm like, I, I wish there was a way to just kind of like close the multiverse and end it, but I, but I don't know how they can. Like, it's such a big thing yeah. where it's like, is this just going to be the new mainstay? It's like the first three phases of the MCU were all about the Infinity Stones and Thanos and ending that chapter to where, at the end of Endgame, it felt like a definitive ending. Now it's like, I don't think there's an ending in sight because I feel like they just kind of like blow blew up the world so big that like they can just explore little pockets of different stories. I'd love that, but it feels like it always has to kind of just harken back to the same thing, which is I think a trap they've kind of set themselves in, which is why yeah. stuff like moon, moon Knight, and we'll talk about that finale, but like the series in general feels refreshing because it doesn't have to deal with any of that. It's its own thing. Mm -hmm. And I hope yeah. there's more stuff like that rather than this, where it's like trying to connect so many different dots when really it doesn't put any definitive end on it either. It just leaves things as open-ended if not more so than they were before. I'll be honest, still, I was waiting for one character to show up in this movie, and I don't think we've really talked about him too much, and I don't know if anyone else was expecting him that to show Loki? up. No. Oh, I Vision. was expecting Loki. I was Vision. expecting Vision. That white Vision flew off into the sunset. Yeah. He has all of the original Vision's memories. We know this from WandaVision. He's out there somewhere. I was totally waiting for him to swoop in and be like, Wanda, don't be the monster they think you are well and that's like, another thing too that i had a problem with is that it didn't seem like they addressed anything with vision like uh, she mentioned vision once and it was when he mm -hmm. asked what do you know about the multiverse and she said well viz told me this he yeah. was the like it was about vision wandavision it was not about her kids now it's about her kids but yeah it's almost like they forgot all that happened with vision and this is something that i'm not gonna blame sam raimi for because he didn't write this Mm -hmm. Michael Waldron wrote it. So I don't think Sam Raimi's to blame for this, but Sam Raimi even said he, he didn't watch WandaVision. And I think in an interview, he said he, he watched a few. Maybe he should have. I don't think he well, should be well, bragging about that. Well, no, because he wasn't bragging. Someone asked him and he said, I, I've seen a few scenes and episodes, but like I've not watched through WandaVision. He's only seen a few MCU movies, which granted, if you're not writing the story, you know, 
as long as you have your script, you're you're just doing what's on the paper. And and if sure. that's the case, if if it's mostly stylistic, then like you don't really need to see the other stuff. But it's also like maybe then if he had watched WandaVision, maybe he would have spoken up and been like, Can we add this to the script? Um but then again, it's not his script, so it's like he's not necessarily to blame for that. But I almost wish they gave a little bit more care and attention to WandaVision itself as its own thing rather than just the post credits of WandaVision. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe him just not having seen that, maybe that had some sort of effect on the overall character arc of Wanda and the use of vision or lack thereof. I don't know. It's interesting. Honestly, Jill, I feel like what you said before, like this would have functioned way better as like a Scarlet Witch movie that Doctor Strange was just like featured in. Mm-hmm. You know? But I, yeah. but then again, like I feel like with WandaVision, like we were all waiting for Doctor Strange to show up and be like, "Wanda, what the fuck are you doing?" Well, and then the he did it. <laughs> what if, what if in Spider-Man: Away Home, the scene where Stephen is is trapped in that like geometric whatever purgatory thing, where S- Peter sends him away? What if during that there was like two scenes of him going into a multiverse and like seeing Christine and talking about their stuff, and they called Doc, they called No Way Home doctor strange in the multiverse of madness i think we'd feel the same way because he was not the main character spider-man was the main character of this that's what this Mm -hmm. feels like it almost feels like it was a scarlet witch movie that they said oh you know what let's instead call it a doctor strange movie so we can make scarlet witch like the big reveal and let's just add a scene or two with him and christine so it still feels like a doctor strange movie and you know what let's bring in the illuminati so we can bring mordo into this because you know, we're not going to address the stuff that happened at the end of Doctor Strange with Mordo. Instead, we're just going to pretend like that already happened and that he's confronting this other version of Mordo. It seemed like it was a Scarlet Witch movie that they wanted to add Doctor Strange to as a mask, as the title, maybe because who knows, maybe it's, it has something to do with just the way people go to the movies for a male-based film versus a women-based film. I don't know if that's a reason, but they must have had some reason that they wanted to make Doctor Strange the main character of this. Mm-hmm. even though it was a Scarlet Witch movie. I really genuinely don't know why it wasn't just a Scarlet Witch movie. Um, yeah, because the Doctor st- stuff, the Strange stuff seemed like such a secondary thing. Yeah, I feel like the more we talk about this, the more I complaints I am reminded yeah. that I have. But another and, thing and that I noticed... And yeah. I just want to reiterate, we are such fans that like, as fans of something, you have to be critical of something when it doesn't necessarily work for you. But you mm-hmm. have to also be able to praise it. Like, I love the visuals of this, but the story just left me wanting so much more but as a fan i think it's okay to speak up about that that's not me hating on the mcu that's not me saying you know like anyone who likes this film should be ashamed i hope people like this film i wish i liked this film more Mm -hmm. but also i don't want people to come at us for not loving it because we are ultimately fans at the end of the day who want every movie to be as good as our favorite film you know what i mean so this is just us kind of just advocating for what we'd love to see in the future and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen that's what we're here to do here to talk about it Because, like, another aspect of the film that I remember not, like, you know, I wasn't 100% sold on was the fact Mm -hmm. that not, not like, a decent amount of time has passed since the blip, you know. I'm, you know, just assuming. Because if WandaVision happens, like, a week after the blip or, like, two weeks or something, and then she's only, she created Westview for, like, what, like, six to seven days? And then now, okay, so we're, like, three to four weeks post blip and then sometime in between this the whole thing with like spider-man happened his powers were just like so drastically different from when we saw him in infinity war and endgame to this movie 
Like the first thing we saw him do with his magic was turn water into wine at the wedding. And I was like, this bitch is Jesus Christ now. Oh, I, I didn't know. I would have loved to know. Um, and I just feel like we didn't get to see him like use everything that he like, you know, trained himself to do in the first Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Like there and, was there wasn't a lot of portal action. Like there was in the beginning when he was fighting like the giant eye squid thing with Wong. Mm-hmm. Then for the rest of the movie, like we didn't see a lot of portals. Like can't they open up portals to the multiverse? Anyway, I I, I, I think this is one of those things where like they obviously have a clear plan of where they want all their movies to go and the overarching story of the MCU. But sometimes they lose the little details and the people mm-hmm. they bring on as writers. I'm not saying everything needs to be part of a bigger franchise in the sense that like I would rather films be able to stand on their own, but little details like that, like you're saying they do make or break a movie sometimes because like so many movies have passed, like you said, six years since Dr. Strange, so much has passed that it's like, if you were to watch Dr. Strange in this movie back to back, I feel like it's a big shift to where you should be able to watch the second movie after the first movie and feel like it's cohesive. You know what did do that? Well, guardians, because you could watch Guardians 2 right after Guardians 1, and it feels like the same franchise. Mm-hmm. That's a problem I have with Thor, the Thor movies. Thor Ragnarok is fun, but if you watch Thor, Thor the Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok back-to-back-to-back, mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok feels like a big outlier. Yeah. I just think that's the thing with the bigger franchise versus the mini franchises. I think this is the time where Marvel's trying to figure it out, and I think they should stick to more of the individual stories. I think the team-ups, I think Endgame should have been the end of the big team-ups. Maybe you can have one pop into another person's movie, but I think in terms of just bringing all the characters together, I don't think you need it anymore because I think they're doing enough on their own well. You know, having Shang-Chi be its own thing and Moon Knight its own thing, the Eternals being their own thing and just existing as their own things. Maybe somewhere down the line we could have another Avengers team-up thing, but I'm kind of okay with it not being that because then all those details and complications come into play of, wait, but in the last movie you were this and this and this and this. You know, it's tough. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I just think when you have a fan base that, like, takes so much time to, like, like they know the comics, they know, like, these characters, they eat, live, and breathe Marvel, like, you just have to pay attention to these really specific details, because then you have, like, super fans who are, like, starting to notice, like, the continuity errors and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's just an issue with modern franchising as is, and that's why sometimes less is more. And if you're going to add more, maybe make it so separate that it doesn't even need to touch this territory. Like I read an article this week, and this has something to do with Moon Knight, but it pertains to this conversation, that one of the writers was going to have a scene featuring two of the Eternals. And it was going to be like a flashback to like ancient Egypt with the Eternals. Mm. And someone said, we don't need it. It doesn't add anything. It, it only complicates things and makes it a little confusing. Cut it. Mm. And because it would have cost a lot of money to pay Angelina Jolie for the day. But gotcha. <laughs> I I think that is a great a decision because did we need it? Does, does Moon Knight become any worse without it? Like, would it have been amazing with the Eternals? Maybe it would have been fun, but does it change the overall story? No. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Marvel has to learn sometimes is like when less is more. And uh, in this case, I thought, it fumbled a little bit but that's just me you know because here's i'm sorry like 
I have two more thoughts and then we can Oh, go for it. I, I think I'm all thought it out though. So I might <laughs> I might respond to your thoughts, but I think I think my my stance is pretty clear. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I uh I here's another thing about the multiverse that I was like kind of confused about. It's like we we saw a bunch of different we saw like three different mult like versions of Doctor Strange. We saw like two of Wanda. And Doctor Strange was always Stephen Strange in every single multiverse we saw him in. Like Wanda was always Wanda. But then in the Illuminati verse that we were in with Mordo, it's like Steve Rogers wasn't Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers was Captain Marvel. Or not Captain Marvel, Captain Carter. And then Captain Marvel wasn't Carol Danvers. Cap- Captain Marvel was Monica Rambo or Maria Rambo. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how does, I guess you would have to be like, like far enough away from like, I guess the original universe, but then what constitutes the original universe? Like, I'm just thinking about it too much. I know, the way I think but of it I is need to know. Maybe in the Illuminati verse, there is a Carol Danvers, but she never became Captain Marvel. Uh, Mon- mm. Murray Rambo did. Just like, think about it from the Illuminati's perspective, Stephen Strange exists in every universe, but in our universe that we know, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme long. Yeah. So yeah. in that sense, it would be like if John Krasinski came into Earth 616 and saw Wong there and he was like, wait, why why aren't you Stephen Strange? And Wong's like, well, I'm the Sorcerer Supreme. Stephen Strange still exists, but he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. That's what oh, I think. Oh, gotcha. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, that so like, totally makes so much sense. Yeah, so there is Steve Rogers in that universe. It's just he probably died a long time ago in the war and Captain Carter is the yeah. their replacement of Captain America. But No, yeah, you're know. right. You're right. Yeah. And another and and like my last thought on this is that it is absolutely ludicrous to me that according to Rotten Tomatoes, this movie currently has a 75 and Eternals, which is a much better movie than this one, I think we can both agree, has a 47. And yeah. I'm like, that's that's stupid. Well, yeah, so that, even a 75, I think, is still lower on the Marvel scale because usually they get 90s or 80s because Again, Rotten Tomatoes is the percentage of critics that gave it a positive review. That doesn't mean everyone rated it a 75. It means mm-hmm. if everyone, let's say 75 means three out of every four critics liked it. Those three critics could have given it a score of 5.5, which is above five, which is above average. But because they gave it above average, it counts as a positive review. Whereas those Eternals people, maybe not as many critics liked it, but the critics that did like it maybe gave it a more positive score. So Rotten Tomatoes is a hard scale to gauge, but I do agree. I think it's kind of crazy that, like, in the grand retrospect of things, Eternals is the one that's going to have the rotten sign next to it when there are, I think, far worse movies in the MCU. And I'm not saying Eternals is the best movie in the MCU, but I think it's better than a lot of other stuff we saw uh, even last year. So um, it's a little it's a little sad. But again, yeah, I you know, maybe maybe that's the key. Maybe because they've made it a Doctor Strange movie and not a Scarlet Witch movie. Maybe because everyone just, I, I, I really don't know the motives. I don't want to put out false rumors or anything, but it's always worth speculating. So I did say that was my last thought, but yes. my really last thought of, of all this is I'm as much as I thought that it was very tongue in cheek to have the guy who was hitting himself just be like, oh, it's over now. I was kind of disappointed that there was no Thor love and thunder tease because I feel like that's what every you know, end credit scene does is it set up, it sets up the next movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But, but, but then again, even like, like Spider-Man didn't set up the next movie. Did Oh, it did. It set up Dr. Strange, but like Eternals. Didn't I set don't up remember what the, 
I have still only seen No Way Home once. I no I way, probably should have watched that before. No Way Home was Ve- Venom, and then it was a Doctor Strange trailer. But at that time, we hadn't gotten. Oh Doctor right, trailer. right, right. We've already gotten a Thor and Love of Thunder trailer though, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know. it and also timeline wise. Yeah, I don't know because yeah, Black Widow we got a tease of Hawkeye, but then Shang Chi we didn't get a tease of anything. We we got uh, the the Ten Rings yes. was formed, and then we got we kind of got a, a Wong Shang Chi too. Yeah, yeah, it was more of Wong and bringing Shang-Chi into it rather than connecting. I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, these post-credit scenes of what they're showing, what they're not. Like this one, it, it almost reminded me of the Captain America at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. So it's like, so you sat through the trailers. thinking yeah. there'd be a post-credit scene. I kind of like that where it was just kind of like, all right, go home. Because not yeah. every post-credit, maybe they just don't have any other story to tell. And because, again, Sam Raimi is not really concerned about expanding the universe. He just kind of wants to make his own movie. Maybe he was like, no, let's just end it with this. And Kevin Feige is probably like, yeah, sure, fine. Um, <laughs> or or maybe it was like one of those things where it's like Sam Raimi was like, hey, if you want me to add this little Charlize Theron moment, then you got to give me my Bruce Campbell moment. And Kevin Feige is probably like, fine. Because um, I'd have to believe Sam Raimi had a little bit more power to like speak up for himself, but just because of his stature and um, notability. Anyway. Yeah. We've talked for a while, but I think it was a very meaningful talk. I think it was very insightful. Um, at the end of the day, I, wanted to get to. I really, 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 really liked how this movie looked. I liked the creative decisions. I think he took the script he got dealt, which in my mind was a crappy script, and he made it the best he could possibly make it stylistically. I think he would have made any script, one even worse than this, one even better than this, pretty freaking cool to look at and interesting and full of really interesting gore moments that we've never seen necks snapping eyeballs bursting heads bursting within themselves so i i I do think it was fun to watch so i am gonna give it a reluctant five out of ten like right in the middle i'm not super low on it but i'm also not high on it like i think it's it's very much middle i think it's still better than some other mcu movies i don't think it's the worst one ever um Mm -hmm. because there are still incredible hulks and iron man 2s that exist but um yeah no i i definitely put this in my lower tier um or or right above the lower tier like like it's still something i think i'll revisit for the visuals and spectacle alone but like story-wise i think it's bottom tier what do you give it i gave it a six out of ten there you go solid b and that checks yeah i guess that would be a you know 60 out of 100 yeah yeah but i I, yeah a d still makes me feel sad but i guess it is still a passing grade um because i don't think i would give it because I wouldn't say mine would be an F then, but, you know. Sorry, that's just the perspective I can Yeah, no, that's true. But it does check with what we said earlier. You said... B plus. Because it was funny because you said when people ask you, you say, eh, it was good. And then when people ask me, I said, eh, I didn't love it. And I think that checks mm-hmm. out. We're both kind yeah. of the same. We're kind of feel the same, but you're a 6 out of 10, I'm a 5 out of 10. Because that's just where the line is. Um, I, I so, will say, I there were aspects of this movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah. That is for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and, and there are some great scenes. It's just as a whole, didn't really work for us. But what did you think? Let us know in the comments down below what you thought. Um, we've been talking long enough, but uh, Kelsey, where can you find us? Or you, oh, you can <laughs> find me, if you'd like, on Instagram, Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You can follow me on TikTok, Haas13, K-O-Z 13, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Haas Productions. 
That's right. You can follow me at Dylan underscore Randazzo at Twitter, Dylan Randazzo 417 at TikTok, and the Dill Pickle Movie Network where you're watching now. Or if you're listening, go check us out on video um, because I'm going to add little cool pictures in this thing, and it's going to be cool to see. Um, we hope we didn't spoil it for you. We did warn you, so if you got spoiled, I'm sorry. Um, but again, the movie spoiled all the cameos except for one of them. So, um, But thank you for watching. Next week, we will be talking about the finale of Moon Knight. And then after that, ooh, we got some trivia, and they're not rookies this time. Uh, we're going to have Zach going for his first win against Matt, who is a rookie, but has is not a unfamiliar face to the channel. And then we have Stacy going up against Chad. Uh, Stacy trying to get her first win. Chad trying to get his first win. Be very mm-hmm. exciting. That's coming later this month. And then um, we'll have to figure out what to do with that last slot in May, but we'll figure it out. Um, and it'll be lots of fun. Stay tuned. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for watching. You know what? The Avengers turns 10 years old this year. Maybe we'll do something evol- involving that. Um, but thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.